Hello and welcome to this week's DJ Force X In Conversation podcast. Trying to get back on that weekly flow. Um, and uh, to kick you that off, in fact, I've got a trilogy of interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, starting with Jack from uh, Alco Pop Records. Um, they're a record label based out here in the UK, an independent record label. Um, the trilogy I am uh, kind of concocting is more of a record store day uh themed uh run of interviews i've got um obviously jack today from alcopop um i've also got uh kevin from uh, big scary monsters coming up in a couple of weeks and sandwiched between that i have phil and the bastards phil campbell and the bastard sons frontman neil star as well um they are actually releasing a record on um on record store day but that's coming next week so we'll talk about more about that then um this label have been involved in record store day prior uh and uh, they're not this year but um, um, we got some uh, information about what that's like on the label side and what they've got coming up as well, which is very exciting. Um, as of uh, recording this and releasing this, they have just uh, got a licensing deal um, as well f- uh, through a through a U- they've just licensed a US band, I should say, to release their material here uh on spotify and things like that so listen out the interview for those uh but do go check them out they've got some fantastic bands uh tiger club happy accidents um i'm really enjoying nelson can um which is a band on their label but do check them out uh it's kind of indie uh pop rock type mixture of bands um but it's all cool. It's all cool. Like I said, this is kicking off my trilogy for um, for Record Store Day, which will end actually the day after Record Store Day, as that's a Saturday and my shows go out on Sundays. Um, but um, I will be uh, hopefully in, I'm going to say Farnham and Brighton on Record Store Day. Right now, I am trying to um, sort of sort out a couple of bits and bobs, but I'm hoping to hit a couple of the record stores in and around that area. Farnham, we've got 101 Collector Records, which is an old friend of mine, Andy, who runs that store. Um, in fact, I host his website, so that's how close we are on that front. Um, and also in Brighton, uh, I'm not sure who I'm going to hit up down there, but I'm going to kind of make it a day. Um, just sort of seeing how many record stores I can hit. And I figured Brighton had a whole load and I'd not been down there in a while. So I'm going to do that and uh, hopefully check out a gig in the evening, which I'll tell you more about next week. Um, But yeah, uh, for now, uh, this is Jack from Alco Pop Records. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, how are you today? Yeah, very good, very good. Um, I, I was telling you earlier, actually, uh, when we when we started this, yeah. um, it's all been a bit hectic because it's sort of just hit post Easter, and uh, we've managed to license a, a record that we're really into uh, from the states. But you know, <laughs> license deals being license deals, it's all a bit last minute. So yeah. uh, it's that kind of you know hurrying to make sure that everything is uh, is ready for Friday when it comes out. I think it's Wednesday today, isn't it? Yeah, it but is. um, yeah, but yeah, just uh, just make sure everything's ready and everybody's happy uh, and it's all going to plan. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, I think we're on for it. Um, everything is uh, everything sorted. Um, we have the breast press guy in the world, so he's uh, he's super all over it, which is which is lovely. Um, so yeah, it's been hectic, but but very exciting times. It's uh, it's been a good year so far. Sort of lots of uh, lots of albums coming out and uh, lots of things going on. Uh, we released our first beer, which was exciting. Oh, nice. uh, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which was a bit of a weird one. Uh, we linked up with uh, the guys at Signature Brew, who uh, who make many fine ales in uh, conjunction with uh, with bands and stuff, and got a, uh, a brew for one of our bands called Tiger Cub okay. coming out. Yeah. So uh, so that was fun. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a been a year of. Uh, a year of excitement thus far. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, um, I was actually um, I I I live around the uh, Aldershot, Hampshire area, um, ah, and I ah. just missed your showcase show you had at the West End Centre. Um, Tell you what, that was a dream. I loved it. I've, I've never been to Aldershot before, which is uh, you know, yeah, something huh? <laughs> that not people say. I would imagine, um, but. <laughs> It was kind of like, it was so bleak the day, uh, really snowy, and uh, we head on down there, and I was like, I just don't know how this is going to be. Like, we linked up with Specialist Subject, who are an amazing label, who we love, and, um, you know, the, the bill was, uh, I mean, I would say this, but the bill was kind of second to none. We had uh, Tellison, Penis, um, I Told You I'd Eat You, uh, Caves, and, and various others playing uh, Happy Accidents in Acoustic Set, which was nice, with a label fair, and everybody was super positive. The promoter was amazing. Yes. Kind of, I've never known anyone promote a show like that. Um, and we got there, and I was like, is the snow going to ruin everything? Turned up a little bit late, because, you know, trains and that, yeah. um, to set up our label stall, and it was already packed from, like, half past five. It was awesome and everybody was nice everybody was kind of positive knew all the bands and yeah it was uh, it was just a really lovely day and the west end center was fantastic it's yeah. kind of you know I, I as i say i don't really know all the shop but it's so important that venues like that are, you know kicking and doing uh, important and exciting things with kind of you know it's so easy i think for the west end center to just bung a couple of tribute bands on every friday and saturday and kind of uh you know grow fat from the profits of the same people coming out every time but they're really going out there and trying to trying to support independent music and and upcoming you know labels and bands and stuff so yeah it's fantastic no, really nice. i've 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 known them there for years i was um i was in a band myself <laughs> back in the day uh, and that was our local venue and um yeah. it's the same people that still run it today so you got barney um who is obviously the promoter curator of i think he's official title is curator now of that, yeah. <laughs> um, that just yeah just but, genuinely curating yeah they got the same the same sound person the same lighting people and and like the crew there are, are just fantastic um and i actually went there uh just on a whim a couple of weeks ago because it's the first time i've been there since i got back from living abroad and um yeah it was just fantastic to see all the familiar faces and it's but, lovely it's such a community there isn't it it right? is it is and he, he's always been about supporting um like genuine like you know original music um because he was uh he was a uh, ruben's manager for a little while as well yeah um, he was isn't he? and uh yeah no he's always been about putting on uh putting on like original bands rather than going for that kind of cover band route that would kind of bring in you know a sort of guaranteed sum of money it's it's there for the community so it supports all all the different arts as well so you've got obviously you've got there's a studio there a dance studio things like that and um and they often have installations in there as well of various artists um and it's just a very cool venue yeah um, it's 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 amazing and i was yeah really shocked with myself that i haven't been there before because i've known barney for a while and yeah. uh Fun fact: His daughter actually does some work for Alcapop now, so uh, oh, fantastic! She does, does all our mail outs and stuff very well. I ought to say, like she's really great. Um, so I kind of, I, 
I, I've known Barney for years. Um, I don't know how we met, but um, yeah, mutual musical interest, I think. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, for, for me, for it to be the first time was crazy, but it was really nice. And, and, and you know, I, I, I'm just excited to go there again, to be honest. Cool. Uh, so waiting for the next artist who, uh, who kind of suits that we can get into the tour routing and, uh, and yeah, take it on, really. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, no, like I said, I just missed that show because I, I went in there when I was talking to them. I mentioned because they were asking about the podcast and stuff because they obviously I'm friends with most of them on Facebook and whatnot. And um, yeah, I said, I've got you guys coming in. And they go, oh, and they started chatting about that day. So <laughs> it's nice to know it was good the other way as well because <laughs> they really yeah. enjoyed it. So it could, could have been awkward otherwise. Couldn't it, it? Could, it could have been slightly awkward. It would have been a fun, a more fun conversation <laughs> on that. No. Um, no, it was all good. It was uh, all the reports were good and uh, very positive about it. So I was I was very much looking forward to this. So. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, we could have a Barney Jevons hour on the podcast most weeks, I would have thought, you know. Just, just... I was actually tempted to get him on as well at one point. So <laughs> I, I still might just to see if he's interested yeah. in doing it. So I would. I would. He's got a lot to say. A lot to say. He I think. has. He does. He does indeed. Yeah. Um, so with, with your label, um, you've been going since, was it 2006? Yeah. God, that's, yeah. I th- yeah. I think 2006 was the first, um, first time we ever put something out, which makes me feel very, very old. Uh, <laughs> so that was a, uh, it was one of those, you know, where, um, basically I lived in the same house as, uh, Kev from Big Scary Monsters. So I think yeah. we're talking to you, uh, on another podcast okay. and basically he'd run Big Scary Monsters for a while. We kind of decided that we were going to get a label going, um, cause why not? Um, got a demo through which was a sort of a glitchy pop duo from yeovil called encyclopedia which we were convinced was going to be the summer smash uh, <laughs> which we sensibly released in september but um but <laughs> it didn't quite go to plan although i still have much love for that band um so we borrowed a little bit of money from my dad um gambled it on football we put a bet on um portsmouth beating charlton and Lamana Lualua scored a goal and they won one nil, which meant that basically we got to fund our first release. So, uh, so yeah, that was uh, it. Was kind of all or nothing on the uh, on the throw of a boot. So, uh, so yeah, we were quite lucky to, to kick off. I wouldn't recommend anyone else start a label that way. But no, uh, I, 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 I was going to say betting betting on Portsmouth. You, you, know, you, you take a risk there. I know, right? <laughs> We, we were very confident. The odds seemed long considering Charlton were having a desperate time. So, uh, so yeah, we stuck it on, uh, hoped. And I think we got off to End of the Road Festival that weekend. And we were listening to sort of a, a grainy commentary of the match in the car. Um, and, yeah, we got in and, uh, and realised they'd won. So we were like, right, let's, let's do this. Fantastic. It's better <laughs> than a toss of a coin. I... <laughs> exactly. Right. I could have saved myself 11 years of doing loads of this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's all been fun. So uh, I mean, you but... stuck with it, obviously, because you're still going. So yeah. um, how have you found it? Because around that time, it was kind of... Um... Obviously, MP3 was the the sort of it format at the time, um, uh, and obviously, the, since then it's sort of faded and gone to more of the streaming services. How how have you like evolved with that? How has that transition been? Obviously, I know you still sort of release physical physical product as well, but yeah. what have you noticed a mass change in the way people have consumed music or? in the way of you know even like not giving any figures out but sales wise do you see more revenue from streaming yet or is it still kind of um that low that low number that we constantly see with bands no you see i'm i i, I must be one of the only people who does this but for me i think spotify is an absolute revelation it's it's probably my favorite thing that's happened to the music industry since we started um 
And from my point of view, we actually kicked off as a physical-only label. You know, when you start off with all these idealistic dreams and we were like, we don't even want to look at digital. We're just going to be physical. Uh, After about a year and a half, realized that was a bit of a ridiculous way to go. So got everything uploaded, you know, started off. And, and I, I've never really been into MP3s. I kind of thought, you know, we, we got with it and we sold them because obviously it was a good way to, to pay bands and, you know, make sure that everything ticked along. But I've never really had any affinity for an MP3. I've kind of, I've tried to have iPods and I've never really updated the catalogue properly. And, you know, I could never really be bothered to ripple my CDs onto a computer. Yeah. So for me, the uh, sort of rise and rise of streaming is wonderful for probably three reasons. And I might come to less or more than this, but (laughs) A, the fact as for a music consumer, it makes it so easy for me that it's just ridiculous. Um, I love it. I use Spotify daily on my phone. Um, You know, Spotify alternatives are available, but I think, you know, it's fantastic. It's brilliant for a consumer. And it kind of opens up a world of music that I had to kind of rely on various different outlets for, which gives me a lot more kind of freedom of the music I listen to. B, I think actually once you start realizing how this music pays and what you need to do to kind of achieve that reasonable revenue stream from it, I think it becomes a bit easier. You know, it's a lot about playlists. It's a lot about meeting the right people at Spotify who can kind of open those doors for you. And there are an Apple and various others. And, you know, there are really passionate people there who listen to alternative music and will give you a break and help out and kind of put stuff on playlists if yeah. you give them the reason to do it. Um, if your pitch is right and if, if the song's right and, you know, if they get into it, and if the song's brilliant, it gives you a real good option to get into new spaces that you wouldn't be able to do before i mean you know people talk about the lack of revenue of streaming well actually i don't think the revenue is too bad and you think about in the old days what you'd have to pay to reach that many people with your song yeah so you know if you were going off to radio back in the days of payola and all of that kind of stuff how much money would you have to pay for that many years to listen to your track that you now get paid for on spotify or apple or deezer or whatever so i kind of that's super positive and I think you just need to kind of like, you know, focus on it because it's not going to go away. No, uh, it's not. No, I, I was chatting to uh, a couple of years ago, actually, another independent label um, in the States. Um, and they were saying they get more revenue now from streaming than they do from physical sales. And and, see- and it was like what you said. It was like getting the music to the right, the right people within like, you know, getting playlists out there, getting it um, attached to video game things on YouTube stuff like that just to sort of bring in because obviously all the tracks are, are are marked and they're recognized by certain algorithms that it's your track so if some youtuber is using your music obviously you give them permission to do so but you're getting that revenue stream from that exactly exactly and the beauty of it as well and especially for a label and, and i think you'll probably find this from a, a number of independent labels who kind of pride themselves on the physical output they have and you know the kind of exciting vinyl and the splatters and the you know sort of interesting kind of formats yeah. and we really like to release interesting formats is that the beauty of spotify is it leads really nicely in with vinyl i think because it almost gives people the opportunity to listen to their favorite artists Rather than when we used to go back and do all the sort of one track premiere and they could only listen to one track premiere, then decide whether to buy the CD or whatever. They can now listen to the whole album. And if they love that record and, you know, feel as passionately about it as we do. And obviously everything we put out, we feel so passionately about. We're definitely by the record. So it kind of like, you know, if if we're right, then it kind of translates. And then that uh, streaming uh, service leads them to buy that kind of 
pretty sort of physical product. So, you know, be it the record or the T-shirt or the mega wooden box, you know, carved from an ancient tree, you know, <laughs> meteorite embedded in it kind of box set or whatever it is, you know, the, the kind yeah. of super exciting physical box set. So I actually think streaming links beautifully well into buying well-packaged, you know, interesting, well-produced put together physical so for me the kind of streaming and the vinyl physical work really well together which never really worked with itunes because that was kind of like a stopgap middle you know thing you yeah. you were buying mp3 as your sort of middle ground um so i kind of i, I kind of welcome the death of the mp3 uh, which is definitely happening i think no uh, it is. i mean from what i've been reading and sort of general industry sort of you know chatter um, that 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 sort of format is 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 still going to kind of be there, but not be as predominantly pushed. Um, so it'll still be a viable outlet for people to buy music, but it's not going to be the their main focus for it. It's going to be things like the streaming services um, and the physical product now. Whereas, like you say, with vinyl, you could do so much more. I mean, I love vinyl. I'm an old school DJ. Um, I have my Technics twelve tens and and a couple of boxes and I was a scratch DJ and stuff like that. So I love that physical product, but I also love the album covers you know, yeah. the artwork because it is, it's artwork. It's like a picture you hang on the wall. CDs were kind of all right, but they were kind of, you know, you could put them up and, you know, you could look at them. Some of them had nice books, you know, tool had a few good ideas with putting like 3d glasses on them and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love, I love that kind of like gatefold vinyl opening up and you actually see the work the artists have put into it and especially if you really love the album exactly vinyl just gives you so much surface area to play on doesn't it i mean yeah. it's like and we did a thing recently actually um we did a repress of a band uh, called tube lord i don't know if you've ever uh, been into those guys but um it was kind of like their album is just impossible to get on vinyl and we love it it's one of our favorite records so we put it out but rather than just put it out as a standard repress we managed to get from the band an original test pressing okay. from when it first came out in 2009 i yeah. think i want to say uh, 2011 was it um, but yeah anyway the test pressing from the original uh, press and we shattered that and kind of uh, which i felt sad about because it was probably worth loads on discogs but you know never mind. <laughs> Um, so we shattered the original test pressing and then sent it to our pressing plant and got them to sprinkle a little bit of the sort of crumbs of the test pressing into each one of the new records. So it had a little bit of the original record at the heart of all of the represses, if you oh, see wow. what I mean. Yeah. It's kind of like you can do cool things like that with vinyl and, and like, you know, stuff that just just excites the sort of, uh, you know, the, the inner vinyl nerd in you, I guess, that... Yeah. Um, Kind of like, yeah, that's a that's a that's a reason for doing something, you know. Yeah, that reminds me of what um, Kiss did many many years ago. They uh, they were having, I think, a comic book done of them, and they went to the the inking era plant, and well, supposedly cut themselves and bled into the red. So, ah, so, so their own blood was in <laughs> in every comic book pressed. Obviously, yeah, probably these days that would be a, a frowned upon. In a, it was probably frowned upon then, but health and safety would have kicked in by now. Um, but no, it kind of reminded me of that. That's kind of cool. I like that kind of like that thinking because it is something um, kind of like uh, who else did something like that? Foo Fighters, when they recorded one of their albums on actual physical tape and then they cut up the masters or the, the recordings yep. and put a little bit in each in each release. Like it's, it's sort of centimeter it's, length of tape. It kind of it, it just makes that. That's what makes that physical thing really important. And um, the other one that always sticks with me is 
Um, I can't even remember which artist it was. Um, someone on Third Man, Jack White was definitely involved, where they pressed a 7-inch inside a 12-inch. So the only way you could get the 7-inch was to crack open the 12-inch, which oh, obviously... No. <laughs> so cool. So cool. And, like, that's that's worth that's worth a lot of money on disco. I really want one. I really want one. But um, I think that sold out pretty pretty damn quick. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it's that sort of, you know, and, and almost almost ridiculous that but uh, you know i kind of i love that kind of idea and that sort of um you know that kind of i don't know wanting that seven inch but not being able to get it unless you unless you break something beautiful i i, I like it i think it's great that is you'd have to buy two copies that's, that's exactly. kind of how you but even then i wouldn't i wouldn't break i couldn't break it no i know i'd, I'd probably buy three and then uh, you'd think about it and still not do it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe stick one on discogs and then you see what happens yeah right um so um from from records we're, we're gonna have a quick chat about record store day which is uh coming up in ooh, less than a month now isn't it it's the end of this month yeah it is 22nd it um, is it is coming up quick um yeah i can't wait for record store day i'm i love it i think it's really fun i mean there are definitely some negatives to record store day which obviously everybody covers every year so yes. i guess probably not best to go into them but <laughs> overall it's a marvelously positive day um we're actually heading down to Watford for Record Store Day because okay. um, there's a, a cool cafe run by a guy called Paul Terrace from the band Nervous. I don't know if you know those guys. I've heard the name, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he runs a, an awesome um, sort of cafe come venue called the LP Cafe. And basically, they're, we're linking up with all of the different uh, venues in Watford uh, with kind of like lots of labels like Till Death Do His Party are there, Ven Records um various others and then loads of bands are just playing showcases all day um and it's going to be super fun um and basically we're all selling records and having a few drinks and uh um, and yeah just having a, a generally nice time on record store day i think nice nice yeah i've uh since the, the inception of that particular day i've loved it i've um basically because i I've, I've got a guy here in uh farnham who owns his own record store called 101 Re- Collector Records. Yeah. And um, I go to his store every year. And then when I moved, I found one of the biggest record stores in the world, <laughs> um, which was very, very fortunate of the area I was living in. They had this like huge, like as you would kind of imagine in your head, an American record store. Yeah. Um, how you think it would smell, how you think it would look. It was huge. They had a warehouse full of vinyl as well. But every year... Uh, they've got a little stage inside there. So they'd have bands playing. They'd have DJs playing. Um, and I'd always buy something. Obviously, if there was anything on the actual Record Store Day release list that I wanted, I'd I'd pick that up. Um, but I'd also, I, I mean, I go to record stores anyway, but I'd make a point of buying other stuff as well. Uh, yeah. Because it's not just a day for some of these independent record stores. It's, you know, that can, it can fund their entire year of existence. Well, um, it's amazing. And and like I, I do love it. And um yeah, we, we've tried to do something and we did it the last couple of years, but haven't done it this year just because the the process was so intense. But but to kind of what we really wanted to, to do was embody the spirit of uh, independent label. Uh, sorry, um, our uh, record store day by kind of doing a, a cool thing with independent labels and not charging the earth for it. Because, you know, obviously that's uh, so we put together a compilation of 10 or 11 different UK indies and basically a track from each of the indie on the record um made sure we got them kind of super nice splatter with you know vinyl pressed in them and all of this kind of stuff but work with our disc manufacturer um disc manufacturing services and they gave us sort of a a big discount on the production so we were able to sell them for 10 pounds on the day so people 
turn up, buy a record which had sort of 12, 13 bands on, or 10, 11 actually, um, you know, that looked really cool. But also it came with a little download card which had kind of 50 to 100 tracks from each label from the back catalogue. Nice. So there were kind of like hundreds of tracks on the uh, download code. So you just kind of felt like you got a lot for your money sort of thing, which uh, which we kind of thought embodied the spirit of it. But but to be honest, it's just a great day. I love the idea of, you know, everybody rushing to record stores in the morning. And, you know, uh, my partner got me um, the uh, Africa picture disc. Oh, right. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a record store day special, I think, which is just amazing. And it's that kind of like I love stuff like that, you know, really, uh, again, appeals to the collector in me. Yeah, no, I picked up uh, what was the special one I picked up last year? It was the Bill Murray and um, Paul Schaefer, seven inch. Oh, amazing. It might have been a, an American exclusive one, though. But, um, yeah, they did a track together, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, it was just a seven-inch. Um, yeah, I just thought, like, it's Bill Murray, you know, singing. <laughs> so, Well, exactly. You, you can't really turn it down, can you? I like, no. have, you got, have you got anything in mind for, uh, for this year? Uh, this year, um, I've made a small list of preferred. Um, but uh, we'll see what we get. I mean, I, I'd like the Future Sound of London, uh, My Kingdom reissue. Do, yeah. Which is like an old sort of, uh, I'd say it was kind of, for its time, it was very kind of progressive electronic music. Um, kind of very sort of trancey, trippy stuff. But um, yeah, it was that. Uh, what else was there? I can't remember what else there was. Um, I think there was, it was just a couple of reissues and I think there was a couple of singles as well. I think public service broadcasting were or are releasing something that day um, from their current album. And I was toying with the idea, yeah, the Twin Peaks soundtrack. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was I'm just looking through and um, I see they were uh, repressing the first Ben Queller album, yeah. which is like, that's a great record. And I don't know, always be tempted about that. And then there's a Bratmobile seven inch, but I don't know how much. Occasionally, the seven inches are uh, super pricey, but we'll see. Like, I, it's it's just one of those nice things to have a browse, isn't it, on the day and kind of like, you know, just go through and and see what takes you fancy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I kind of like I look at, always look at the list and sort of maybe pick out a couple that I want to look out for, but most of the time, those ones that I want are already gone by the time yeah. I get to the record store. <laughs> so um i just sort of pick up not what's left but if i see something like oh i didn't think of that and you know grab that and then usually i'm in the record store for uh, most of the day anyway just flicking through records so <laughs> excellent excellent yeah i can't wait i just uh you know and and watford is another place i've certainly not been to for a while so uh you know from all the shot to watford it's the glamour life of uh, running a uk uh, independent label i yeah, guess i was gonna say <laughs> I've not been to Watford. I can't think what was the last time I was there. Is it the rugby club used to have a venue there? Okay. It was a long time ago. Yeah, well, there was quite a punk scene in Watford for a while, wasn't there? But, um, well, I think there still is. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it's, you know, that kind of uh, outskirts of London have a punk scene. It yeah. that makes sense. Why not? <laughs> um, so, uh, on, 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 still on the record store day things, obviously you said you've released stuff uh, previous years. Um what are the sort of um obviously it's there to promote independent record stores generally from an independent label wise how how is it like competition wise to get your your release included amongst a lot of the because there's a lot of big bands that get released on those days i yeah. mean this year you've got 
was it led zeppelin there's a seven inch coming out from them um pink floyd again <laughs> another one of theirs uh but like Soundgarden, garden sour i'm just flicking through a list i've got here uh the cure as well how, yeah how do, how do you Cuban compete with that there. well that's the thing i mean in fairness like record store day are always very kind so when we get in touch with them um about a record we want to release provided they're into it which they've never not been um they're actually really supportive and kind of sort of take us through talk about how you know positive it is and all of that kind of stuff i think they're very into supporting smaller labels getting involved yeah. What we just have to do and, and the problem with it and the reason we did this uh, sensible records compilation, you know, because um, because there was a press angle to it, because, you know, it's the sort of here's the negatives of Record Store Day. Here's how we address them. Here's what we've done. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in fact, we, we got really good coverage with that. There was a big uh, interview in Music Week and all sorts. of. So it was kind of like, um, you know, for us, it's just it's just getting that visibility and making sure that the people who are into our label go out and go and buy our stuff um from the stores because it's kind of like for somebody who is just on a bit of a browse of a record store you know whatever kind of artist we put out is always going to be suffering from you know people who just want to go and pick up a cure record or a a record of an artist they they know and have kind of you know seen at festivals over the years you know a kind of legacy artist so i guess that the problem is that there's so much out there that it's tricky um it's tricky to make things stand out which is why if we do do a record store day release we kind of want to do it properly and you know give it a reason for a people to talk about it online or or people to kind of be excited about it and want to share photos of it and all of that kind of stuff and also you know just to just to just to make sure it works so it's kind of like we wouldn't half-heartedly put something out on record store day if you see what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. something we we feel you know has a place that people might go in and say well i was going to buy this cure record but actually you know, this is so cool that I'll go for this instead. Cool. No, it's, is- it's, it's, it's just getting that, like I say, I mean, back back sort of industry sort of 20 years ago, it was trying to get the right promotion to get it in the right places. HMV had their like music towers that um, you could put your CDs on or pay to have your CDs on. So yeah. people would like just casual listeners listen to it and stuff. Um, and with, like I found with the sort of like streaming services and everything, one of the sort of... Um, uh, what's the common common sort of uh, consensus is it is it gives you a, a level playing ground yeah with yeah, like that's... every artist out there so bar the promotional machine behind some of them you, like if you've released something on the same day as say taylor swift you know as long as you've got your promotional team working to get it on playlists on that it's still it's like an equal you know when it comes to the playlist side of things an equal playing ground and that's it. And I, I suppose there is a bit of a crate digging element to Record Store Day, isn't there? It's lots yeah. of stuff. Um, but it's just, I guess it's having, because I mean, there's several steps, isn't there? Because you need to get it okay by Record Store Day. And I mean, I think that's fairly simple. I think they're they're positive to independent labels and they want people to be involved. So that's not a massive problem. You need to be confident that you're going to sell enough to hit their minimum requirements, which I know when we last did it were 500 copies. You know, you couldn't go out there with a sort of 100 copy tape. That to be officially involved with Record Store Day, it had to be a minimum 500. So there's that to think about. Okay. Then it's kind of having your kind of relationship with the stores so that they actually buy the thing. Because, yeah. you know, yeah, you can put 500 copies up for Record Store Day, but if none of the shops want it, then you're going to be sat with 500 leftover copies yes. going like, okay, we need to work out another release plan for this. So, you know, there's that as well. And then trying to get people to buy it. So there are a lot of steps along the trail. And, I, you know, I mean, it happens with all distribution, of course. It's kind of if the shops don't want to buy it, they don't want to buy it. Yeah. 
but uh and, and you know the stores still do those kind of uh those racking things so we had the spook school album racked in fop as one of the sort of uh exciting releases this year which was cool but it's that sort of i think it's the relationship with the indie stores and making sure that they know what they're getting and, and why they should want to buy it really yeah Cool, cool. Well, um, I mean, go back to your label. Um, I was going through um, sort of a playlist of your bands, um, and I really enjoyed some of them that I heard. <laughs> um, well, I've actually made a little list of the bands that I was enjoying. Um, there was Tiger Cub. Ah, um, uh, yeah, T- Tiger Cub have had a, had a good year. It was kind of um, we've the album came out. 2016 at the end of the year yeah. and they've been kind of touring it hammering it since then so um it's been great they've been off in europe doing lots of uk tours several singles out of it um as i say we released the beer and then they kind of finished off the cycle with uh, headline shows at the scala in concord too in brighton oh, nice. uh, which was great like a real sort of um positive vibe super full shows like everybody kind of really you know really getting behind it so yeah that's been a really nice couple of years with those guys and 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 the nicest people in the world um so yeah that's uh, it's great to see them doing so well cool um i really like the uh i heard uh downtown by nelson can ah yes um it's really cool really like it, t- it i don't know what it was it just really took me somewhere it was like a real sort of downbeat style um yeah it's an amazing track that one um the whole ep actually is is glorious it's sort of um it's a, a band from copenhagen who my partner actually discovered a couple of years ago she was um working for doc martins doing a, a, a european tour for them yeah and basically they said we need a danish artist so find us one um and not having many connections in denmark uh as, as neither of us did she kind of just went through loads of danish bands um picked out baby and vain who are doing really well and nelson can um and we kind of like went to copenhagen about a year later uh, met up with nelson can and just got on with them super well and uh yeah kind of agreed to do the ep and they've been gunning since then um they're a great one for spotify actually um all those people at spotify are really into nelson can they've kind of they're flying in denmark they're doing sort of 700 cap shows in copenhagen and and sold out tours around the uh around the scandy regions um we've now signed them up with management and uh, a really great um booking agent over here so they came over supporting jaws at the end of last year oh, nice. uh, which, which was a fun tour um and they're coming back to pretty much every festival of note this summer so they are yeah they're really gunning for it and they're just an amazing band to work with super kind of on top of their game know exactly what's going on um cena who's the the singer also runs a label in denmark so very kind of very kind of on it when it comes to kind of all the back end of of, of you know what you what you're doing so it just yeah. just yeah. super nice to work with and uh, and yeah that ep like without i mean obviously I, i'm gonna sell what we're doing but honestly, downtown's wonderful but you know if you kind of push it there's a, a track on there called miracle which is sort of you know a kind of really cool kind of pop banger and then um it's just it's just a monumentous ep which kind of goes all over the place but kind of retains this really beautiful um sort of melodic note all the way through and it's it really is well worth a listen excellent no i'll have to have to dig that out and uh, have a listen to it so cool and and the other one was uh, happy accidents um, yes um a, a wonderful human beings again um and i'll be trying to work with nice people you know it yes. makes life so much easier um but they're doing really well they've uh, just put out their second album which came out in february um and they're sort of halfway through a uk tour at the moment 
So the headline Lexington um, the other week, which pretty much sold out, which was their biggest headline London show to date, which has been great. Um, so they're off around the UK for the next couple of weeks and then off into Europe with Colour Me Wednesday um, pretty soon. Uh, they're just a, a, a really sort of uh, well meaning and you know sort of on it bands who yeah great to work with fantastic live um, and just keep delivering great songs you know it's kind of it's so nice when you work with a band and they're like yeah we've got some new demos and they send them through and it's like oh these are brilliant absolutely <laughs> superb and, and they never let up um again uh spotify super into happy accidents and, and they're just kind of like they're just a band who get on with being awesome without sort of any pretensions and uh and yeah, they're, they're great to work with. And they've got an interesting video coming out, which um, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to explain because it's taking ages to come. I, I, so I want to do it anyway. But basically, Phoebe, um, who's the drummer, uh, her dad was in a band called oh, something like Party in the Garden or something bizarre. Um, and they, they found this old tape of her dad's old band um, sort of on a BBC local show yeah. where basically... They, they're playing in the practice room and these sort of three execs from the London record company come down and start talking about how they might give them a £50,000 advance and stuff. Stan looking not very impressed in the studio and then kind of, t- it was really bizarre. It's kind of this little glimpse into old school uh, record label life. And uh, so they're kind of parodying the documentary and, uh, and re-releasing it as uh, as a sort of uh, a music video, an extended music video in a couple of weeks, which which is kind of exciting. They like doing stuff that's a bit interesting, you know, yeah. and a bit... Uh, a bit more out there so yeah I'm, I'm kind of excited about that that sounds really cool i mean just having that like part of like obviously her legacy with her dad well that's going it. through it's... that and then being able to take that now into what you know the music industry has changed a lot since then well in for the most part <laughs> uh, and doing that that's amazing so i look forward yeah. to seeing that Oh. yeah it's super fun I, there was a photo of her and her dad in Kerrang actually for a father's day piece so uh, so yeah it's uh it's nice it's nice to kind of to kind of have those sort of family ties i guess so yeah. uh but yeah it should be an interesting video as well i play the uh 70s uh, indie label guru so uh nice. so <laughs> yeah. looking forward to it my acting is uh is worse than you'd expect so okay. uh so, i mean <laughs> the worst but uh, it's gonna be fun fantastic so um obviously you've you mentioned uh at the start there about uh, a release you've got coming out on friday um what other sort of plans you got coming up in the next couple of months oh we got we got plenty of stuff coming so um we are yeah working with uh kississippi who is an artist from philadelphia whose uh, album we're putting out um we've got a new album from i told you i'd eat you coming later on in the year which we're super excited about they're amazing um we put out the dz death rays record a few months ago and they're back touring in august time i think in the summer anyway i'll say in the summer um so they're back to the uk to do some more uh, to do some more stuff with the record which is exciting and we're currently talking to several new bands about new signings, which um, I can't mention yet, sadly. Um, but, you know, that's all to come soon. We've got festival stages across the board, really. So we've got Spook School, uh, Nelson Can and Penis playing at The Great Escape. Um, then we're over at Truck Festival. Uh, we've got some artists at 2000 Trees, uh, Latitude, various others. So, yeah, we're going to be sort of uh, skipping the festivals around this year cool. with lots of our bands playing sort of those kind of things. So, so yeah, lots coming up, really, um, which is exciting and, uh, and you know, fills me with dread at the same time. Yes. <laughs> 
Cool, cool. So um, I've got a couple of questions left for you, just sort of, sort of more about, about yourself on these ones. Um, right, yeah. So what are your three top albums that kind of shaped the person that you are today? Oh, wow. That's a, uh, that's a good question. And I like the way you don't pre-warn me of these, so I just have to go with it. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go for Through Being Cool by Save the Day. Uh, Save the Day being one of my favourite bands of all time and that being their greatest album. And I think when I listened to that, I was kind of like, it really got me into that kind of that kind of American vagrant scene that, that got me super excited at the time. Um, I'm going to go for 100 Broken Windows by Idlewild. Because cool. I thought that was glorious at the time. Really loved it. <laughs> um and now i'm torn now i'm torn but i'm gonna go for wages of fear by Telesyn because they're a band that we managed to sign to the label and that second record at the time was probably you know when i i was listening to indie music and just thinking that like this is this is the peak of something that i desperately want to be involved in um and i mean it could have been i waited up till it was live by johnny foreigner but i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with that telecom record wages okay. of fear. yep excellent excellent uh what are your uh hobbies away from the label what do you do to kind of if you can escape that side of things <laughs> yeah. yeah there's not an awful lot of escaping but i mean part of the beauty of course is it's kind of the label is the hobby as well as the work if you see what i mean yeah. so i just yeah. love doing it um but yeah, so I just kind of, you know, I, I'm actually um, a season ticket holder at uh, Harlequins now okay. uh, since to Twickenham. Um, so always been a Coventry City fan, but I enjoy uh, I enjoy going to see Harlequins like play. It's a, it's a really nice atmosphere, and it's a, it's a good sort of get away from what you're trying to do. Um, you know, there's just the kind of uh, enjoy a bit of travelling, you know, where possible, go and see some sort of uh, interesting and different things um you know which is which is always fun go to the gym that's a little bit boring but you know just kind yeah. of getting into that a little bit um i think it's because i'm getting old you know and i'm like my body's not going to last forever <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i would say that was the kind of that was the kind of main things just cool. uh yeah I, I, a lot of my hobbies as i say are kind of in, interlinked with uh with what i do with the label anyway so uh so yeah i guess I guess just going for really nice meals. God, I sound, I sound like I'm on a, a bad dating profile, but um, <laughs> nice meals out, that kind of thing. You know, just a, a little bit of sort of time away from the computer and just enjoying enjoying the nice things that life has to offer, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, long walks on the beach and... Uh, exactly, yeah, exactly. all that stuff. <laughs> and I have two kittens. They keep, me, uh, they keep me amused and entertained all the time. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so finally, where can people reach out to you guys? Where's the best place to find out about Alcopop? Well, probably we've got a brand new glitzy website, which looks very lovely, um, which is ilovealcopop.co.uk. And then other than that, our uh, handle is basically just ilovealcopop everywhere, apart from Instagram, where for some reason it's Alcopop Records. But yeah, we're uh, we're very chatty. So hit us up on Twitter is probably the best bet. Cool. We're always on there and always, always there talking about nonsense. So, um, so yeah, and it was lovely to hear from people, you know, because it's kind of like the whole point of starting the label and the whole kind of point of keeping it going is just basically all the wonderful people you meet and, you know, all the fun things you get to do. So, uh, so you know, it's that sort of like, yeah, it's great. It's great. And I love it if people sort of get in touch and, and then we can just genuinely chat to people. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of important in indie label goodness. So, uh, so do reach out. Cool. All right, Jack, thank you very much uh, for your time. Um, I do appreciate it. No, thank you. It's uh, yeah, really nice to uh, to be a part of Total Rock as well, which we uh, station we uh, we super love. So uh, so that's awesome. 
that's all cool that's all cool well um yeah like i said thank you man i do appreciate it uh good luck with your release on friday thank you very much yeah i'm back to the grandstand on that now but uh but yeah it's all, <laughs> all looking good i think we i think we're i think we're cracking it excellent excellent cool. all right man thank you very much Speak to you soon, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.